welcome to the Stalk My podcast for solo parents and those considering solo parenthood by donor conception. I'm your host, Mel Johnson, the solo parenthood coach and solo mum to my four-year-old daughter. Series five of the podcast is dedicated to donor conception. I speak to a range of donor-conceived people as well as experts on donor conception to cover a range of topics on this subject. Welcome to the final episode of Series 5 of the Stalker My Podcast. I've absolutely loved recording this series. It's been such an honour to speak to so many donor-conceived people. I've learned so much and I really hope some of those learnings have been shared and give you things to consider about as parents of donor-conceived children. I am continuing to interview donor-conceived people over in my Thriving Solo membership. I've got a series called Conversations with Donor-Conceived People and have a number of guests lined up to continue hearing from donor-conceived people and learning about their experiences. Especially, I'm going to be interviewing some donor-conceived men who can bring their perspective of being donor-conceived because for the podcast series, I only managed to interview women and I think it would be really great to get the perspective of some men. So you can see those on the Thriving Solo membership. I'll share the link um, in case you're interested um, and we'll continue the conversations. I'm also recording a mini-series of the podcast on the Thriving Solo membership, all about solo adoption. So for anybody who is considering adopting solo and wants to think about whether they should um, go down that route, I've got five people who are sharing their experiences to really help us bring to life that process and the experience of adopting solo. That's also available on the Thriving Solo membership. I'll be having a short break of the podcast, but I will be back for series six. And so keep tuned for more information on when series six will be being released. In today's episode, I speak to Skylar. Skylar is a donor conceived person and has a twin brother. She was raised in America by her mum in a solo parent household. I was connected with Skylar via an Instagram reel that went viral where a number of people had commented to say that they felt like choosing to be a solo parent was selfish and Skylar herself commented to say that that was her situation and so I asked her in the episode, does she feel like choosing to be a solo parent is selfish? It's a really fascinating listen to hear Skylar's views and I'm really grateful for her to taking the time to speak to me. Skylar, so nice to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So I think we connected because I put a reel out on Instagram and um, actually it was my first reel that went viral. So it like had 700,000 views. And it sort of went out of the echo chamber that I think most of my posts stay in, which are to the like my own audience. And so it actually got quite a few comments from people who probably don't usually see the stuff that I put out. Um, and I just noticed that you had commented it on it saying, um, actually, that was my situation growing up. You know, I was raised by a solo mum. So I thought, oh, amazing. Let me reach out to hear your story. So, so nice to, to connect in that way. 
So before we start, do you want to give a bit of an introduction to your background and, um, you know, your story? Sure. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Boca Raton, Florida, and my mom is an older mom. She is 68 now, and I'm 21, so that's definitely a big difference. But yeah, so I grew up in Florida. Right now, I'm in college. I go to the University of South Florida, which is located in Tampa, and I'm studying biomedical sciences, and I graduate with my degree in December, and from there, I'm most likely going to go to nursing school. I love pets, and I definitely want to make a difference in this world. Amazing. Well, it's so lovely to connect with you. Um, we were just talking about how nice it is to connect with people around the world and get to chat, which I totally agree. In terms of your situation growing up then, do you remember your mum talking to you about how you were conceived or is that just something you've always known? Well, I guess I honestly can't exactly remember when I learned, but I do know that, especially in elementary school, or I think you guys say primary school. Yeah. But um, I just remember saying to people, oh, I don't have a dad. And they were like, why? And I was like, I just don't. So the only thing that I ever really thought of was I just don't have one. And I never thought too much into it until, I guess as I got a little older and still I can't remember when or how exactly I learned how I was conceived. So, so when you were that age in, in primary school, did, were you, was that a concern for you or were you just like, no, that's just factual, that's what it is, or did it bother you? It definitely did bother me only because when I was eight years old, my mom fell at her job and she had to have surgery on her shoulder. And of course she was a solo mom. So that was a lot. And during that surgery, she ended up having a massive stroke and she almost died. And so that stroke completely set the tone and changed my life forever. So I only had one parent who had a stroke at this point. And I wasn't too badly done to. She loves us more than anything in the world. But of course, it completely changed my life. And it made me realize what would happen if I did have a dad. And there was times in my life where, only in primary school, where I would lie. And I would say, oh, my dad does this. And my dad does that, knowing I didn't have a dad. Just because I wanted to fit in, everyone was talking about their dads, their dads, their dads. And so I would always say my dad. And then eventually, I guess in middle school, I just stopped. You know, I didn't talk to these people anymore. No one ever looked into it too much as to why I didn't actually have a dad. But as I grew up, I became more proud and a lot less concerned as to why, because my mom was originally married. Bef long before I was born, she was married to her husband for, let's say, maybe four years. And then he decided to tell her he didn't want kids anymore. And she did. She was getting older. 
she was in a great financial position at the time where she could afford to have children on her own. So she decided to divorce him and start the in vitro process for having children. So she started that in Connecticut. And once eventually, after a few tries, she got pregnant with my twin brother and I, then she moved to Florida. Wow, so you're a twin? Started it. You yes, I am a twin. Okay. So in terms of you saying that you sometimes didn't want to tell people um, when you were young that you didn't have a dad, was most people around you in like a 2.4, you know, nuclear family situation? Was it quite a yes. Right. So you were one of only a few in a different situation, would you say? Right. Which I guess makes it harder. Did it make you just feel like you were the odd one out from what everyone else was doing? I did for the longest time until really until I guess later on into high school and university where I realized that there's no one way to have a family and there's so many different types of families and that I have no shame or embarrassment in saying that my mom wanted kids so bad that she literally had us on her own on her own and I was very much wanted and I think it's it takes a really strong woman to be able to do that and is there anything that you think your mum could have done differently to help you at that time when you were in elementary school to feel differently about it? Or do you think it's just something you had to go through? Well, I do think because I, she had her stroke when I was so young and it really did change the way her brain works, the way she thinks about things. And I think because of that stroke, she wasn't able to really like sit down with me and have a conversation as to why and how you were created. And so I really don't know how exactly I figured it out, but she has this really big brown binder and it has, we were also egg donation. So we were egg and sperm. Mm -hmm. So it has all of the egg donors information, all of the sperm donors information. And throughout I'd say at least the last 10 years, every now and then I would open it and I would go through it and I would read all of it just because I wanted to know a little bit of who I was, even though I wasn't adopted. Mm -hmm. It still was strange because even though my mom gave birth to my brother and I, we weren't biologically related. Yeah. And so I just wanted to know, you know, a little bit about who she was, who he was, some of their traits. And I actually have a few pictures of the egg donor, right. which is pretty cool. And yeah, throughout the years, I've basically kind of been educating myself and I have no shame or embarrassment in talking about it. And so what was life like for you and your brother then? So um, how old did you say you were when your mum had a stroke? We were eight years old, eight. so we were very young. So did someone else have to look after you for a period of time or? well we had because my mom worked so much she worked at a hotel and she traveled a lot we had I guess you could call her a nanny her name was Vivios and we met her through our preschool she worked at our preschool that we went to and so with 
Vivi was mainly there all the time. She was there before my mom had her stroke. And then when my mom did have her stroke, she lived with us during for a month or two. Mm-hmm. And yes, my grandma also played a huge role mm-hmm. in my life. My grandparents, my grandpa passed away when I was 12, but my grandma has played a huge role in raising us in, you know, vacations, all that. And when my mom couldn't be a mom all the time because of her stroke, my grandma definitely had to step in and be a mom, which was hard because my grandma's older because my mom's older. Mm. So in a certain sense, it was difficult being 15 and having an 80 year old as your parent. And do you have any male role models um, in your life? Did you grow up with any male role models? I did because well, I also noticed that only because of my mom's stroke, I grew up very, very loved. But because my mom couldn't exactly be what I needed in all aspects, I started to look for it through other people, mm-hmm. like other people's parents. I had a teacher. I had a few teachers in high school who I still talk to today, and they were basically other moms to me. And then as regards to male figures, a few of my friends' fathers did a pretty big part in raising me, being a male role model. I do have an uncle that honestly, I do think he could have stepped in more to be a better male role model, which is why it was more of my friends' fathers. And now I have He's more of a personal advisor for a program that I'm in, and his name is Mr. Williams, and he's also a very good male role model, and I'm very appreciative to have those solid male figures in my life. And I just feel like in a situation like that, where you do have a solo parent, you know, you just have to find them, whether that's your brother or an uncle, a cousin, And you have to put in more effort to be able to sustain those relationships. And you feel like you've managed to do that yourself. So you didn't need anyone else to sort of get them for you. You figured that out yourself. Right. Because I would always long for advice in certain things and even talking about cars and all those things like that. I would mainly like, I would make make a footprint just to have like a you know a way to be able to sustain that relationship and you talked about your mum having um, a binder full of the information that she has have you done anything to try to pursue finding your egg or sperm donor well that's actually something that I've wanted to do now now that I've come across your page which I thought was just fate I was like wow I've never seen anything like that before where I'm like that's exactly my situation and I had no idea that this was more common especially now and I didn't know that all these like donor sibling registries and ancestry and all that so I'm definitely starting because I would like to see if I have any siblings and if the egg or sperm donor is interested in meeting me, I would 
or at least talking on the phone, something, I would really like to do that. Amazing. So you just didn't know that that was something that um, was available before to, right. to come into your life now to start considering it. And um, yes, exactly. how do you feel about the possibility of, of donor siblings? I actually, I think it's really exciting because I just want to, I want to be like, do I look like them? Do they have any traits that I have? It's just, it is exciting. And I would like to know. Do you know what firm or egg bank your mum used to um, conceive? I know that it was, I know the name of it is in the binder and I know that it was in Connecticut. Right. So I guess the first way to do that would to be able to see if she still has the donor numbers. Yeah. So that way I can look it up. Yeah. Well, that's, that's super exciting that, you know, you, you might be able to connect more. Do you ever speak to your brother about this? Is he, do you know how he feels or? Oh yeah. We talk about it all the time only because I guess since we have the pictures of the egg donor and it's just ironic that she's my twin. I look just like her. I have all of her features. I have her, her nose, her facial structure, eyes, same exact hair color. So it's just interesting because first, my brother is also brilliant. The sperm donor is a toxicologist with a PhD. So it's just interesting to, we always talk about it and how, what it would be like if we met them. And like we, we both are very much open to the idea. Is it so. nice? to have had your brother growing up to talk to, you know, you've got somebody in the same situation as, as yourself, right. I suppose. And I do think that my brother and I have that different type of bond because yes, even though my mom gave birth to us and my family is still my family, my brother is my only blood relative yeah. that I know. Yeah. So that makes you super, super close, would you say? Yes. So what's your relationship with your mum now? Well, we always, I always grew up being very close with her. I've basically been able to tell her everything. She, because her stroke did take away so much from her, I mean, she's still capable of driving and doing everything she needs to do. But when it comes to like real life advice or telling me stories about her life or things like that she doesn't exactly remember as much and isn't as capable of being able to truly handle like the weight of everything I go through because she gets confused and it's just too much and that's not her fault my mom loves me more than anything on this earth and my brother and I both know that and she would do anything for us so I can say that I'm very thankful to grow up being so loved even though the situation wasn't the most ideal it definitely has shaped me into who I am today and everything that I've had to go through and growing up so quickly it just does give you a different type of insight in life and in a way I guess I'm thankful for that and thankful for the situation that my mom decided to just have kids on her own and now we're still very close we talk every day she's about four hours away right so we talk every day I'm constantly sending her pictures 
And even though, like I said, she still isn't able to really be here for me in the way that I need her to be, like, she does what she can. Yeah. And a lot of the comments on the reel that I posted were from people who haven't got experience of donor conception at all. Um, it was just their view on it. And some people were saying, you know, it's a very selfish thing to do to bring somebody into the world in that way. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? I disagree. I completely disagree because my brother and I grew up better off than a lot of people with two parents so we grew up we didn't lack anything we went to camp every summer we went on vacations i was able to in elementary school i was able to go on the washington dc trip which is something that not everyone could afford and i think like yes did i struggle do I have issues and do I struggle in certain ways because I don't have a father? Yes. Does that affect me now? Yes. But do I think it's selfish? Not at all. Because my brother and I are pretty, we're pretty great human beings. And I just think my mom did a good job of raising us. And if you're in a position where you're able to give you that child love, protection everything they need then I just don't see why would you not do it and what sort of things do you feel like you've missed because you've not had a father growing up well I remember there was um, we were going to go on a cruise with a friend of mine and her father had said that he was concerned about my mom being single because like she they thought that maybe like we would be hanging out with them the entire time because my mom doesn't have a husband which definitely offended my mom and isn't true because she would have just hung out with us the whole time Mm -hmm. and so i guess it was small little situations like that or the whole like what about your dad and you're just like ugh, like it's not like now i really don't mind i'm just like don't have one. I, I say I was sperm banked because most people now, if you're an adult should maybe know what that is. And if they don't, I'll do go into like a little bit of explanation and then people will be like, Oh, that's cool. That's so cool. Do you ever want to know who your dad is and stuff like that? And did you talk to your friends much about it as you were growing up? Yes. Yeah, and how did they respond? Well, I remember when I was super young, my friend was like, I have to tell you a secret. I've been holding it from you for so long. And I was like, what's the secret? And she was like, you're not related to your mom. And I was like, I know. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I know that. And she was, and I guess her, these, our moms had talked about it and she thought it was like some secret thing that I didn't know about and whatever but as we grew up everyone you know they'll always just be like are you curious about your dad do you want to go find him and they're all just supportive with whatever decision I decide to make you know as an adult now people should be understanding and accepting towards situations like that because it's 2022 things are changing families are not there is no 
one way to have a family. Well, it's it's good to hear that your friends were almost just more curious and and than anything else. Because I think as a solo parent, one of our big concerns is often, you know, will our children struggle at school? Um, You know, kids can be mean, can't they? You know, and um, but I think that now there are a lot more people in different family situations. Yes, I agree. So if there are people listening who are considering this path to parenthood or who are solo parents and just, um, you know, wanting to do the best thing by their children, have you got any advice that you would share with people? I would say that just to be honest, to be honest from a young age, don't lie or, you know, I think it is a super cool story because growing up you hear a lot of I was an accident I was an accident I was an accident and I'm like my mom paid a lot of money for my brother and I and I think that also is something that really can boost that child's self-esteem because it is cool and it is special because you wanted a child so bad that you decided to do it on your own and that child is blessed and loved because of that and so I think yes there of course there are going to be struggles and you just kind of have to take them as they go like I said now times are a lot different and people are typically more understanding and accepting and so I would just say to just surround them with love and support and give them the child any type of information that they need to be able to process Amazing. And did you know any other, or do you know any other donor-conceived people? Uh, The only people that I know that were created the way I was, IVF, it was their their parents' egg and sperm. Yeah. So, sort of, but I don't know anyone that has had a mom voluntarily do this on her own. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that, I mean, I know you had your brother, so that was a bit better because you guys could talk about it, but would it have been um, useful for you or helpful to know other people who were in a similar situation or? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It would, it would be super nice. I would, that's why when I saw that, when I saw your reel, I was like, wow, like I have never seen anyone else with my situation. And I just thought it was so cool. Amazing. Oh, well, hopefully now. That would be amazing if you could, if you met some. Yes, <laughs> I, would, I would love to. I would love to. I know some people who are donor-conceived from solo parent families uh, listen to the podcast. So uh, you, may, you may well... Uh, well, yeah, reach out to me. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. What a brilliant outcome that would be. <laughs> Great. Oh, well, thank you so much for taking the time. It's so lovely to speak to you and just get to hear different perspectives on this subject. So yeah, thank you very much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that I could talk about my experience and hopefully help others that are considering going into solo parenthood or maybe if other donor conceived people can relate to my story and want to reach out, I would love to talk. 
Amazing. And keep us posted for sure if you do start looking for sperm and egg donor or any donor siblings. That would be amazing to, to hear. Of course, I definitely plan on starting that journey now, now that I know all these options are available. And I will keep everyone posted with the results. I just, I've got one other question, actually. Sure. Um, I think language is something that lots of people talk about. Have you thought about, do you, would you call the egg and sperm donor your biological parents? Or would you call them an egg or a sperm donor? Or have you not really given it much thought? Well, I actually have given it a lot of thought, which it's because, only because every time I'm at the doctor, they ask, what's your family history? And it's like, well, it's a little complicated because I'm not adopted, but by blood, really, I am. I'm adopted by, I'm an adopted egg and sperm. That's how I guess you could see it. And I guess I always say my mom, I never think anything different. But in regards to medical terms, since I have been in the medical field and studying the medical field, that I would say, I guess, like biological mother, biological father. Yeah. Because it doesn't bother me and it doesn't take away from the fact that my mom is my mom. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, one of the things that I'm interested in is um, because I've told my daughter she's been conceived with a sperm donor and um, a lot of people I've spoken to have said it's good to use different language so sperm donor but also to introduce the term biological parents or um, some people say genetic parents Um, but I suppose I'm nervous to introduce the term biological father just because dad like means or father has such a meaning and my daughter's four um yeah yes I just wonder whether she'll be able to understand that I definitely will introduce the term but I just don't know what age um is like the best to do that I would say I don't think my mom ever even used those terms with us she I guess it was well, first of all, she never really even talked about it much. Mm. Most of the time it was my brother and I bringing it up. Mm. But I guess now I've kind of, you know, I'll interchange the words. I'll say sperm donor, egg donor, or biological parent or something like that, just because I'm older now and I understand. But I would say for someone who's four, I would probably definitely say wait you know especially with biological father because that could be a little confusing yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it because you know everyone has different feelings about it but I think what I how I feel about it is that I'm super open to use whatever term my daughter wants to use yes but at four she's a bit young to, to yes. decide that so um yeah I'm I'm I'm, I'm waiting to see a little bit and and will be guided by her but the main thing I think is to be open to you know whatever whatever. yeah just open to whatever you feel the most comfortable with yeah Yeah. and over time I'm sure she will figure that out yeah exactly she'll find her own language that's comfortable for her for sure great all right then thank you so much Skylar of course it was my pleasure 
If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, it'd mean a lot to me if you'd take a few minutes to rate, review and subscribe. If you'd like to learn more of what's on offer at The Stork and I, head over to my website, thestalkandi.com or follow me on Instagram at thestalkandi with underscores between the words. You can hear more about the coaching I offer as well as hear from donor-conceived adults, industry experts and the opportunity to meet and become a part of the Solo Motherhood community.